gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello, and welcome to the Town Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I'm your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, Mike Rodney Dangerfield Regan. Mike, how you doing today? Fantastic. Finally platinum Final Fantasy 15, you know, so. It's good. <sighs> Just had one trophy left I was sitting on. I had to do these, like, really hard time trials. And, of course, you know, I play on Final, Fan- Final Fantasy mode, which is the hardest difficulty because, you know, I'm a fucking boss. But, uh, yeah, I got it. I took care of biz, you know, for the brand. So to just completely counteract this the other direction, my group chat was having an argument on if Taylor uh, Swift is sexy or not last night. And she is not. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. But we both got our (laughs) wild swings at the uh, irrelevant done right at the gate here. So this is a football podcast. Mike's football yeah. happened yesterday. In fact, almost the end of football happened yesterday. We're nearly end done with football. football one, game left. one game left. Mm-hmm. And then we enter the long drought until the UFL starts. How many games yeah, from the UFL are you going to watch? 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how long between the Super Bowl and the start of the UFL it'll go before I talk myself into thinking I'm going to be a UFL guy. I take a minute. I'm set the over under at two and a half weeks. <clears throat> and how long before you how convince long? yourself you are yeah. a UFL guy? Yeah. I'm going to say under. It's like a week and a half. You're going to be so starved for football at that point that you're just going to go ahead and do it. It's kind of like a while back in the middle of the night, I randomly decided to bet on Japanese baseball. And I was like, I'm going to be the Japanese baseball guy. That lasted like two days. It's like New Year's resolutions, but somehow scummier. Yeah. <laughs> like, if if you met someone and they were like, my New Year's resolution is to watch more UFL this year. Right. That feels just a lot less aspirational than saying, like, I'm going to work out once a week. Right. I'd be like, oh, wow, you're going to try to watch more TV. Oh. <laughs> so our Super Bowl is set, Mike. It is Chiefs 49ers. The rematch of the first Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl victory. You wanna you talk about the games from yesterday? Start off here. Talk about the Super Bowl. Start. Good place to start. So Chiefs beat the Ravens 17-10. There is uh, not an offensive touchdown scored by the eventual winning team after the first quarter. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? That's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Big big storylines coming out of this game or, or big events coming out of this game. Lamar Jackson continues to have weird floppy performances in the playoffs. I mean, he had like obviously the 13-yard pass to himself. But he wasn't exactly great. And then they swung the complete other direction from the Greg Roman offense mm-hmm. where there was 46 dropbacks, three designed runs, and five combined carries for Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Wow. Yeah. They went all fucking air raid on him. Yeah. Also, did you say there was no offensive touchdown scored after the first quarter or the first half? The Chiefs did not score an offensive touchdown after the first quarter. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really – Stevie Spaggs was in his fucking bag yesterday. Stevie Bags, we call him. Stevie Bags. Be- <laughs> I think this is how they write Rick and Morty. They just get two people in a Discord room and one uh, person says a d- name and makes a riff yeah. off it. Stevie Big Bag Spaggs. Do you have a follow-up for that or are you just – No, except we shouldn't really be surprised, like – 
their defense won them their wild card game in that extremely ugly game against Miami. Defense came up big late against Buffalo, and then they were locked in for this one. And every year, Spagnola has to face at some point, whether in the regular season or once again in the playoffs, he has to face Josh Allen, who I would say next to Lamar, those are the two best like running QBs in the league. Um, suck at Jalen Hurts, you're overrated. Brock Purdy. And... And so obviously Spagnola is used to having to figure out a way to contain a mobile quarterback. And he did a pretty good job yesterday, like eight carries for 50 something yards for Lamar. But he, Lamar also had one reception for 13 yards. That's true. He's triple threat. I'll never, I, as long as I live, I'll never get over Lamar Jackson throwing a 13 yard pass to himself. We'll talk about this more in a second here, but the, the Zay Flowers goal line fumble or hmm. The Brandon Ayuk caught it off of fucking Vladar's face mask pass in the San Francisco game. Everybody was so up in arms when that touchback rule came into play last week in Buffalo. It didn't come into play this week. It did. I thought they recovered it. They recovered it in the end zone. It didn't get batted out. I'm sorry. sorry. It didn't get batted out of the end zone. That's right. You just can't wait to bring up the fucking Bills. They lost, Mike. You don't hear me talking about the Commanders. I could say something mean, but I won't. I'm the bigger person. You're always mean. Before we got in here, you were being mean as hell. I'll kill you. So, first off, instant reactions. What were you thinking during this game? You had some pretty bleak texts at some points. Well, I mean, I was thinking, like, this is stupid. Like, overall, <laughs> the better team is Baltimore, and, of course, they come in here and lay an egg. I mean, it was so reminiscent of Tom Brady Patriots years, where it's like, no, like, this other team top to bottom has the better roster and then somehow they would come in with like and play the best defensive game they've played all year and come out with win like even like mike mcdonald you can't look at him and be like wow you really fucked it like he played a he coached a good game yeah like yeah 17 points to kansas city including two red zone turnovers yeah isaiah pacheco carried the ball 24 times and averaged 2.8 a carry (laughs) <laughs> like, he was a non-factor you think is there any chance that stevie spags is just is, is uh mike mcdonald's looper like is mike mcdonald never going to be a good head coach but we'll just continue to go on and keep being a great defensive coordinator and then we'll look back in 30 years and he'll look exactly like steve spagnola and we'll be like oh my god it was the same guy this entire time i think uh i think mike mcdonald well Possibly could turn out that way, except I think Mike McDonald is going to have his shot at being a head coach. But it could turn out like Spags did, and then the looper theory will be still be intact. But even Mahomes went 30-39 for 241. Yeah, like he, he wasn't. it. Yeah, he really did. And then fucking MVS, who literally finished the game with a 56.9 PFF grade in receiving and has been god-awful all year makes like the biggest catch so far of the Chiefs season. Back to back weeks, biggest catch. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> the only upside to this is that it doesn't like now we don't have to worry about all the like Pizzagate morons who are like believing in the conspiracy of the Super Bowl logo colors. What? You didn't hear about this? No. So there's this conspiracy. You're not gonna that... say it like Jay Leno? 
Yeah. Yes. So there's this conspiracy that the NFL is fixed, and you can tell because every year they release the Super Bowl logo, and then the teams who play in the Super Bowl end up matching the colors. All right. Let's see this real quick. Oh, this started with Arian Foster. Oh, this was the Arian Foster, the NFL is scripted thing. Got yeah. it. Oh my God. They. I. I see a picture here. This is. This is an outrageously thin conspiracy theory. Yeah. They're like, look, it's green like the Eagles. That is a different shade of green. That's teal. Yeah. They asked Rogers about it on that McAfee show where he decided oh, to great. call. Oh, great. Glad, yeah. glad Rogers is involved in this. <laughs> where they decided to, he decided to call Kimmel a pedophile. And he didn't really like shoot it down. He just said, all I know is it better have uh, green in it next year for the Jets. I was like, you have one Achilles and you're losing your mind. Shut up. It wouldn't be a town alone podcast if you didn't in the first ten minutes bring up Aaron Rodgers and the Baltimore or uh, and the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah. So uh, you're right. I guess the the conspiracy's dead. The Ravens didn't make the playoffs, and there's purple in the logo. And just like all conspiracies, when given any evidence that shows it's wrong, I'm sure all the people uh-huh. that believed in it will accept that evidence <laughs> and no longer believe in the conspiracy theory. There's no way they'll be like they knew we were onto them, so they changed it this year. It's just like believing in religion, man. It's all just, a fucking you, scam. You look at the evidence that he trust. Um, so actually talking about the football, this was absolutely the Legereus Sneed game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was all over the place. He gets – he stops Lamar on fourth down. He's the guy that causes the Zay Flowers fumble. He's he, he has a safety blitz laid on that, like, helps seal the game. I mean, honestly, like on both sides of the ball, I don't know if there's been a game where safeties have had a bigger impact than Legereus mm-hmm. Need and Kyle Hamilton in this game. Those two guys were on my screen almost as much as the quarterbacks were. Yeah, and that was like the surprising part is you th- kind of thought with the defensive backfield the Ravens have, plus like their linebacking group, they could contain Kelsey. And he had caught 11 of 11 for 116 yards and a touchdown. He turned into 2020 Kelsey all of a sudden. Yeah, he just went nuclear and was really the like offensively the reason the Chiefs won that game because like no one else could really do anything unless you're impressed. But like, well, I mean, Rashi caught eight passes for 46 yards, but that's not really impressive. No, it's not really. Pr- that's what six yards or like a route or something. Uh, Five point one. Yeah. Per target. <laughs> but it's 5.8 per reception. So. What you really want is, is your quick guy deep threat to be averaging less than 10 yards of reception. That's uh, probably true. a good thing. Zay Flowers tried to, you know, counter the Kelsey factor. He caught, he had 115 yards in a touchdown, but. Yeah, he had that great catch that he then. Did, got the, the taunting penalty once again on Legereus Need. And then, like, two plays later fumbled the ball on like the quarter yard line mm-hmm. which if you're a Baltimore fan that must have been the most heartbreaking moment of your life right oh yeah like there was a more heartbreaking moment in the Lions game and it's not the one you're even thinking of mm-hmm. but I it was about rock bottom for Ravens fans right I mean the Ravens seemed like the crown king to walk in to the AFC or to the, the Super Bowl this is the weakest Patrick Mahomes team that we might ever get but definitely Definitely, we've seen so far, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. Your quarterback's about to be the, the youngest quarterback ever to win two MVPs. 
you guys absolutely thrashed the Texans in the last round. And so you're like, ah, the playoff monkey's off his back. And then they show up here. Managed to only put up 10 points. Zay Flowers fumbles on the quarter yard line. And you lose the game. Kind of fucking brutal, man. Yeah, it is kind of funny that last week Lamar went nuts. Four touchdowns. Just dominated. And people were like, oh, playoff monkey off his back. And then he struggled in this game. And they're like, Lamar can't win in the playoffs. (laughs) You know what you just said last week? You don't remember that? Oh, okay. Let's double check. You and I had like a kind of joke argument about this last night, but there is so much to be said about how sports are just luck, and we're really trying to ascribe definitions to them. Yeah, and or we're like, ah, Lamar can't win in the playoffs. He, it's just like we're we're just goldfish brain, man. We're we can we're only bringing up the times he lost because those are the times that are freshest in our mind because it's the last time you see him for a season. Yeah, I mean, football analysis really. Like, 90% of it is just like any other argument where you just pick and choose information to help fit your narrative. Like, (laughs) that's really all it is. Uh, And this is another one. I'm slowly turning into a sports nihilist. I texted you yesterday in regards to, I think this is the Lions game, but I said, Mm -hmm. we're all, we're all, uh, from Stardust we come into Stardust we will return. Yes. (laughs) And I'm starting to get there with football where I'm like, none of it matters. It's all luck. All of it. We were having that joke argument. And then you set you texted me Murphy's Law, and I was like, "You got me there, man. I can't argue that." <laughs> you called me McConaughey. What else was I gonna text? Damn. All right, we let's let's hop over to this Forty Nineers Lions game because I think this is a real the, the real meat of the conversation is. Yeah, I got I got a lot to say. So, the most from Stardust we come to Stardust we will return moment in this game has got to be the ball bouncing. Off of like Brock Purdy, way overthrowing Ayuk. The ball bounces off the face mask of the cornerback. Who? Vildor? Vidor? Vildor? Sure. I couldn't remember who the defensive back was, so I was just going to say the Lions defensive back. Uh, he used to play on the um, he used to play on the Bears. I remember that. Kindle <laughs> Vildor. Mm-hmm. So the ball bounces off his face mask. Brandon Ayuk catches it, and honest to God. We didn't need to go slow motion. They should have given him the touchdown. That was the most phenomenal play in football this season. It bounced. Okay, okay, Patrick it Mahomes. It should have one hundred percent been an interception. Yeah, but it bounces off Vildor's fucking face, goes up in the air. Ayuk catches it and tumbles forward into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, come on! <laughs> what? That's that's like gotta be. 40% of why the Lions aren't playing the Super Bowl is because oh. an errant Brock Purdy pass bounced off someone's face mask. Yeah. If you'll allow me a couple minutes to go on my spiel. Yeah. Let me just sit back, grab um, my coffee cup here. All right. Yeah. So for like a little over a half of a football game, Aaron Glenn and Dan Campbell are just pitching a perfect game defensively. And then they get one bad break. And that play was luck. You're right. That's just a bad break. And then it leads to just like a complete crumbling of the Lions. I mean, this is what me and you were arguing about. Cause like I sometimes I say momentum, but what I really mean is like the mental aspect of the game. And that is when things start getting tough and you're in a high pressure situation, how can you handle it? And can you stay mentally focused? And the Lions could not. And it was just mistake after mistake after mistake. Uh you had the you had the fumble. You had a third down catch that would have been a first down. Guy just dropped. There was the one punt that should have been down on the one, but the guy's foot was in the end zone. And 
like you know how people say like that stupid cliche of oh they gotta learn how to win no that's not what it is teams sometimes need experience in big high pressure games that they can then handle that high pressure in a tough scenario and still execute and not make those just like stupid mental lose your focus kind of mistakes and like that was the difference in this one this Niners team was just in this big game last year they're used to it and also luck it's all it's all stardust (laughs) can I tell you what I think was the single biggest play when you say why aren't the Lions in the Super Bowl right now yeah it is with just over a minute left on the clock the timeout the after timeout. the run play. Yes. The timeout after Thank the run you. play. Third and goal from the one-yard line. Ben Taylor calls. Ben Johnson? Why do I always call him Ben Taylor? Ben Johnson mm. calls an inside run to David Montgomery to try to score the touchdown. He gets stopped. Dan Campbell has to use a timeout. Now, you have two timeouts, a minute left, and they score the touchdown there, right? That's the, the pass to JMO, his second touchdown of the game. Yeah. But now you guaranteed you have to do an onside kick. An onside kick that, according to Greg Olson, has a four-person conversion rate in the NFL this season. Four percent. Yeah. You are more likely to catch a pass off of Vildor's visor when Brock Purdy overthrows you than you are to recover an onside kick. Yeah. Outrageous. I mean, that's that was the game there. That was it. The second and they called even, the timeout, yeah. Even then... The honey, ma- the the money badger. What's his name? Yeah, the money badger, right? Badgley, Bagley, the Badgley? kicker from oh. Detroit. Well, no, he's the money badger. The honey yeah. badger was Tyra Matthew. Yeah, the money badger had maybe one of the best onside kick attempts I've ever seen. Oh, like yeah. he f- he fucking nailed the cl- the kick and and Craig Reynolds, who oh man, what a game for Craig Reynolds. But Craig Reynolds just touches it like a yard early, and it gets mm-hmm. recovered by the 49ers. But it's just onside kicks aren't recoverable, man. That timeout ended the game. Yeah, that that was brutal. And I know there's some people out there who are going to want to talk about the Dan Campbell fourth down call. Absolutely the right call. Absolutely One, the right call. Thousand percent. Because he he realized that kicking this field goal and tying it does not help us. Like our defense has not been able to stop the Niners offense that's falling apart we have to take the lead to give us a chance at at winning this game the field goal is just not going to do it because I mean think about it this way he kicked kicked the field goal you go up four you're now forcing the Niners have to go get a touchdown and then if things work out your way time-wise now you only need a field goal to tie the game and force overtime um which is the situation they ended up kind of being in but they couldn't get the onside kick. They end up losing by a field goal. And I'm sure there's dumb people out there. I'm just calling everybody dumb who disagrees with me today. I'm sorry. But there's people out there who are like, see, should have kicked the field goal. They lost by three. No, you are then going off the fallacy that if they kicked the field goal, the rest of the game would have turned out the exact same way. Right. And that's not how the unknown works. Sorry about it. So, obviously, this game, uh, this game opens up. Detroit has a 17-point lead. At that point, I asked the people I was watching the game with, does Kyle Shanahan get fired? Wow. If if the 49ers had lost this game, do you think there was any chance Kyle Shanahan got fired? Um, I think the hot seat, the burner under his seat would have officially turned on going into next season. Like, once again, 
you came up lame, especially if it continued to be very one-sided. It'd been like, once again, you came up lame in a big game. I mean, it's kind of like my thing with McDermott. Like we've just hit a wall that we can't get over with him. He's done a lot for this franchise. Appreciate it, but we got to move on. And we've seen it with a lot of teams. I think Marty Schottenheimer back in the day when he coached the, um, the chargers, I think they went like 13 and three the year he got canned because once again they got knocked out in like the second round of the playoffs or something i always think of john fox who made it to the afc championship game yeah. and he got fired yeah we see it all the time so you see it in basketball it just happened yeah he, he, adrian griffin mm-hmm. it's 31 and 13 so a big reason the san francisco ends up winning this game is because brock purdy stopped being the worst quarterback in football after the first half in the second half he had an 86.6 run grade. He had zero rushes in the first half. Mm-hmm. Second half, three scrambles, 86.6 run grade on PFF. Yeah. He didn't have a run under 10 yards in the game. Turned into fucking Kyler Murray out there. I was trying to think who's the short guy that runs. Yeah. Also, the... big big Debo game, too. Just throwing that in there. Big, yeah. big, big Debo game. Yeah, just uh, so I just want to back to the last point. Marty Schottenheimer was in San Diego for five seasons. He had a collective record of 80 and 47. In 06, they went 14 and 2 and then lost in the divisional round 14 to 3. And they were like, all right, Marty, we're not getting there. So you have time to move on. I mean, it didn't really work out great because they still haven't gotten there. <laughs> just like an example of how Shanahan's hot seat could have been turned on based on past things. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Brock Purdy. This is so stupid. Brock Purdy is literally everything I believe in as a big college football guy. He is just going against it. And I refuse to believe it. Like even <laughs> like you you said it perfectly. Like the big pass, the catch by Ayuk was luck. It bounced off the face mask because he underthrew luck because he's never thrown a good ball in a high pressure situation in his life. If someone's not wide open. Uh, he only had two turnover worthy plays in the game. I'm going to go ahead and guess the IU catch was one of those. Probably. Do you, uh, you have any additional demons to air on Brock Purdy there? No, we'll get to it. When we I think we're going to like talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it then. Well, obviously, game ends up. I don't think I, I said it at the top. 34-31, San Francisco wins. You see the picture of Eminem flipping off 49ers fans at halftime? No. Stay classy, Marshall. Stay classy. When is when, in your mind? When was the era that Eminem was classy exactly? I guess I guess never. But I don't know. He's like old man Eminem now. I thought he would, you know, class up a little bit. I guess not. I kind of think of it like the Equalizer three, where like Eminem's like low key old and no one really thinks about it. But then like yeah. you see him like doing action stuff, and you're like, oh, you are old. You see an image of Eminem flipping off people, and you're like, come on, man, you got to have like. A Roth IRA. You can't flip people off at a football <laughs> game and have a Roth IRA. Those two things it, are mutually exclusive. Is his face somehow getting more like pointier the older he gets? <laughs> I think he's turned from being like someone I would notice in public when he was like young, clean shaven, blonde, to now I, I would walk by Eminem and not even notice him. Or it'd be one of those things where you'd be like, you know, man, everybody anybody ever tell you you kind of look like uh like Eminem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd flip you off. You're like, wow, you really look like him and him. <laughs> uh, 
I feel for Lions fans. I really do. As a yeah. team with a team with no Super Bowl and some heartbreaking losses and collapses throughout my life, I I really, I really feel for you. Well, the good news is the Lions and most, uh, you know, a solid what forty to fifty percent of the fan base, mm-hmm. they've only had one heartbreaking collapse. True. I guess when you're really bad for a long time, you don't have to worry about the heartbreaking collapses. Yeah, I've never seen my team have a heartbreaking collapse. Yeah, it's, I guess that's true. <laughs> Except for like the collapse of your team's image under Dan Schneider. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, you wanna you wanna go ahead and, and get into the post mortem here? We did this last week yeah, yeah. on all the teams eliminated, but there's only two teams eliminated this week. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the top here with the. We'll st- we'll start with the Ravens because I think the Lions are a much more dramatic one here. Yeah, Raven season. So they they end up as the one seed. They get the bye. They win against Houston and, and lose in the AFC Championship game. Their over under before the season was ten and a half wins. They hit the over. Mike, was the Raven season a success or a failure? Absolute failure. When you look at this team was built very well going into the year. Like some people may have been lying to themselves, thinking they were they weren't going to be in Super Bowl like contention. But when you looked at it and you consider they have a very good head coach, they were built very well to make a deep run. So this isn't surprising. Now they took it to a next level, being as dominant as they were. And at that, I mean, for the last what? I feel like after we got past like week ten, everybody was just like Ravens are winning the AFC. There was like everybody was saying it. They just look like the most dominant team. So this well, is they, 100%. They played, the, they played the Niners and beat them. Yeah. Kicked the shit out of them. Yeah. It wasn't even a game. And 33-19. Yeah. So this is definitely oh my God. a failure. I just the stat line from that game. Brock Purdy had four interceptions. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> I was loving it. <laughs> you know, I feel like at the start of the year, I was the Purdy hater. What happened to us? Yeah, I was more... I wasn't a full-on hater. I was more subdued and being like, I think it'll eventually play itself out. But after this year, I'm like, no patience on waiting for it to play itself out and him to fall apart. I'm like, it needs to happen now. It needs to end. It was like... Darius Sneed, end it for me. It was like... It was like the uh, the episode of It's Always Sunny where they're on opposite sides of the gun debate and then they flip sides, but they don't meet up in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Like I was out there, I was out there saying it was too easy to buy guns and trying to buy a gun and just couldn't get one. And you were out there saying that we need more guns and trying to teach kids to use swords. And we never met up in the middle. We never did. It's too hot. Yeah. Gun fever. Um, I don't know how you call any of these final four teams season a failure. Maybe it's because I've never had lofty expectations in my life. Yeah. But you're one of the last four teams in the NFL playoff. There's 28 other teams sitting at home watching you. Like how can how can the expectation for anyone going into the season be we're going to win the Super Bowl? There's one team that does that. One out of thirty-two. You got beat by a worse team. You're a failure. <laughs> Did they? Though? I'm not trying to be harsh, Ravens fans. I'm really not. But you came up lame at the biggest time when you shouldn't have. Think about it. Who's better, Harrison Butker or uh, Justin? What's his face? Tucker. T- Justin Tucker. Taka. Oh, you've There's... never seen that stand-up comedian, so you don't get that. No clue what you're doing there, bud. <laughs> yeah. So who's better between those two guys? Who cares? They're kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, though. <laughs> eh, it's close. It's close. They're both good. 
So are these teams really that divergent from each other, or are they basically equal? Are you being serious? No, I'm not being serious. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd say they got out coached. The Ravens. They got out. They got out defensive coordinated. Slightly, yeah. Yeah, and that's that was the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes had a better game than Lamar Jackson. It's the most important position in sports. Yeah, it's very true. So I, I have trouble calling the season a failure, is my point. You were there at the end. You lost by one score to the eventual Super Bowl champions. We've accepted that, right? Chiefs are winning another one. We, we've all accepted that as a, as a group. I'm going to bypass that and say that <laughs> it was one score, but it didn't feel like one score. No, it didn't feel like one score. I feel like the and, Ravens and never I had will a chance. Say, like, here's here in a way it was it was very much one score because you were less than twelve inches away from tying the game before Zay Flowers got butterfingers. Mm-hmm. Did we even talk about the Jameer Gibbs fumble? Uh, I mentioned it when I was talking about yeah the, your spiel. You did okay. We'll yeah. we'll talk about it a little more in a second here. But you're you're I don't know seven inches away. From a tie game. Yeah. And then you're just rolling the dice on the defense there. I mean, I don't know, man. Calling it calling it the season of failure feels strong. Also calling it a success feels strong. And those are the only two options. So I'm gonna go with or. Or? Okay. You're you're Taoist today? I'm Taoist. Success or failure, yes. <laughs> the Raven season was an or. All right, Mike, the other the other team that has been eliminated from competition. The Detroit Lions, over under of ten and a half, end up hitting the over, get the three seed, win two straight playoff games at home, go on the road, and immediately lose the game. Well, I shouldn't say immediately. They were <laughs> very much winning the game and then very much lost the game. Yeah. Detroit Lions season, Mike. Success or failure? Huge success. <laughs> You know they have the same outcome of the Baltimore Ravens, right? Yeah, but it's totally different. Like, Detroit, the things they accomplished this year, so many firsts, so many uh, demons exercised. And how many Great. MVPs did Jared Goff win this year? This year? None. Uh, and yet, Which the goes, Baltimore season was less successful than Detroit's? That's what you that goes even more to the reason why the Ravens are a failure, because you had the MVP QB and got beat. Um... No, massive success. You were a seven-point dog going into this game. At one point, you led by 17, and you ended up only losing by three points. Like, as much as the collapse is going to hurt, it's not a bad thing. And plus, look at your team. I mean, you have the worry that Ben Johnson is probably going to get sniped. But you're set up so well. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown, still in his prime. Sam Laporta had a great game. Best tight end in the league. (laughs) Jameer Gibbs, awesome rookie season, even though even with splitting t- splitting splitting time with Montgomery. Uh you finally saw like the big play capability of Jamison Williams, who I've always been huge on. Member of, was uh, one of the best tackles in the league. Brian Branch had a great season playing safety for you. Alex Anzalone, yeah. who I have to bring up every time we talk about Detroit for some <laughs> reason. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson had a breakout year. He did. He played really well this year. Uh real quick shout out, Jamison Williams is on a town alone all transfer portal team offense um i don't know like you might like jameson williams more than his mom does i might i love jamo so much 
I can't tell you how many weeks in a row I have bet Jamison William anytime touchdown score. My boss is a Lions fan, and I when he scored the first touchdown, I immediately texted him. It was like finally anytime Tuddy bet on JMO, we hit it. He said, "Yeah, I took it, and my, my buddy trailed me." So yeah, there's a lot of cause of optimism. I imagine I like a lot of the defensive players in this draft, and I think even down at they're they're picking like 29th. I think they'll still be able to get a good player to try to fill some holes in this defense. So yeah, the future is looking very bright. It's a sad ending, but don't, don't cry too long Detroit. If there was an NFL coach that was definitely going to cry over this, it'd be Dan Campbell, right? That guy feels that guy feels like no one else in the world. Yeah. It's so amazing that he's the aggressive, you know, it adds to our chances of winning. If we go for it on fourth, considering he's also like the hard nose, bite your kneecaps off guy. Yeah, He's like, <laughs> He's like the non-cuck version of Brandon Staley. It's yeah, it's like he's the best of both worlds. He's like I'm a hard-nosed culture guy and I'm smart when it comes to like the analytics of when to go. Yeah. And <laughs> like I can't I wait. I cannot wait for him to hire Cliff Kingsbury as off- his offensive coordinator <laughs> next year and the entire machine to fall apart. Oh no. I mean, going to next year your big question I think is going to be like is Jared Goff the guy? No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> but is Hendon Hooker the guy? <laughs> Can we tape Hendon Hooker and Jared Goff together and make one quarterback? Can we put them both in a trench coat? Alice QB in the league. <laughs> well, second, Brock Osweiler. Uh, he's not in the league anymore, I guess. Yeah, You'd have to put Hooker on top, though, because he has bigger hands. And less ACLs. So I feel like that works out both directions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the success, the success, the success was a season for the Lions. Indeed. <laughs> the season was a success for the Lions. You can't, there's no other way to frame it. I can't mm-hmm. even or them on this. They went into the season as a presumptive favorite to win the NFC North. They won it. They go on to win two playoff games for the first time in Detroit since I believe Grover Cleveland was president. Something like that. Yeah. Dan Campbell, best culture guy around. Your offensive coordinator is going to get sniped. Your defensive coordinator might get sniped. So this is a success. And just appreciate that. Detroit, don't even think about next year. Don't worry about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You had this year. No one can take this year away from you, Lions yeah. fans. And I do get the pain. Whenever your team gets eliminated from the playoffs, the immediate thought is like, great. Like six months, and then we start the whole thing over again. So it blows when you like when it first happens and that sets in. But... Don't worry. I mean, it will. It is the Lions, so there's the sinking fear that next year they're going to go seven and ten and miss the playoffs. But I think they're built too well and have too good of a coaching staff to do it. I don't know about that. Don't know, know if they're built too well. Don't know if uh, don't know if Jared Goff without the puppet master is going to be able to hold up. Better make a real good hire at offensive coordinator. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Michael Penix Jr. at 29. He's still there. I would love that, even though. Talk about another guy that can't perform on the big stage. Am I right? How dare you? I wish I, I watched could... that national championship game. He was bad. I wish I could men in black people and erase that game from their memory. So all they remember is the amazing game he played against Texas. Well, here's the here's the difference though, right? Mm-hmm. Bigger stage. Bigger stage. And every like the fucking wild card round in professional football is a bigger stage than the national championship in college. I'm just saying. I watched one Michael Penix Jr. game, and he wasn't very good, Mike. Ridiculous. 
Detroit's going to end up drafting J.J. McCarthy at 29. Keep the kid in Michigan. No, they're going to yeah, draft him to uh, L.A. to replace Herbert. L.I. <laughs> you see? You see Jim Harbaugh, after like talking with Herbert, was like, I was starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to this man? What has he turned into the last few weeks? I don't know. I He's can't like, wait. every single piece of confetti is a story. And also, I'm starstruck by Justin Herbert, the guy from the Subway commercials. I love how college coaches, when facing NCAA investigations that could result in sanctions, can just be like, well, going to the NFL. Like, imagine if you worked for a company and they're investigating you for, like, tax fraud or, like, insider training, and you're like, "Ah, I'm just going to go to this other company. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, no, we can't get them now. Imagine imagine getting pulled over for a DUI and just pulling a bike out of your car and riding away on a bike, and the police officers go, well, he's on a bike. He's not driving under the influence. (laughs) Damn. Goddamn bike loopholes. All the times you see people with a bike rack on the back of their car, that's why. Yeah, they're just drunk as shit. <laughs> but I would, wouldn't you love to be in the room when Jim Harbaugh was talking to Justin Jefferson? Like, how out of practice is Jim Harbaugh talking to a quarterback who's being paid to play football? You just said Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so confused as to why he was talking to Justin Jefferson. It's been really awkward when uh, what's his face, the coach in Minnesota, walked in the room. Kevin O'Connell, you would see Kevin him coming O'Connell. from a mile away because his chin enters the room first. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck's that, going on here? That man is the Timothy Chalamet of coaches. Yeah. Um, hey, is there any NFL player that looks that goes from looking cool to a dork faster than Justin Jefferson as soon as he takes off his pads? Like Justin Jefferson, full gear, helmet, pads. It's like. Man, that guy's a fucking superstar. He takes off everything. I'm like, that guy's kind of a dork. Really? I haven't noticed yeah. that. Pull up a picture of Justin Jefferson without pads on. He, He's kind of dork. It's kind of like Jason Tatum when he stands next to normal people. Like, you see Jason Tatum on a basketball court, you're like, cool, calm, collected, maybe a normal-looking guy, but a fucking athlete. And then you see him standing next to normal people, and you're like, fuck, you're lanky as shit, dude. What is wrong with you? I hear he's like in a hoodie, like at a pracky or something. He looks a little more like a normal dude. That's true. <laughs> Then he hits the gritty motherfucking superstar. I was I was walking to the store the other day, and there was a kid and his dad who were walking in front of me, and I couldn't get around them because they were taking up the whole sidewalk. But they were so mm. slow because the kid kept trying to figure out how to do the gritty. Right? <laughs> it was a lot like when we used to get drunk and you would try to floss. Did his dad push him into traffic. <laughs> <laughs> fucking no, embarrassing. Dad didn't understand me. what was happening. Dad doesn't know what the gritty is. What are you having a seizure or something? <laughs> That's what we get for teaching you tap dance when you were four. I knew we shouldn't have vaccinated you. <laughs> you got it backwards, man. This is Illinois. Like, I knew we should have vaccinated you more. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? Uh, the Lions season of success or failure, and we both landed on definite 100% success. If I sit there over under at 11 and a half <laughs> wins next year. Yeah. Taking the over or the under. Mm. 12 and 5 this year? Yeah. I take the boy. Packers and Jordan Love look like they got it. Chicago's coming on. Division could be a little tougher. You yeah. said 11 and a half? If that was 10 I, and a half, I'd slam I, it. But I, I love. What if I just say 11? I they can, they can hit 11. I love that you're like, Chicago's coming on. Chicago and the Vikings ended up with the same record. 
That's true. <laughs> and the Vikings lost our last four games. Kevin the Chin O'Connell might be the best coach in that division. Fuck, that is such a good division, coach-wise. Eberflus is the worst coach by far. It's Kevin hey. O'Connell, Matt LaFleur, and Dan Campbell. That is really good. Fucking murderous row, yeah, man. That is. Was the NFC West, like, even with Andy Reid trying his hardest the worst this year? Staley McDaniel going into the year, Staley McDaniels and Sean Payton. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was like, uh. Um just first want to point out there, that's the AFC West, not the NFC West. Oh, sorry. Well you called Justin Herbert Justin Jefferson, so now we're we're on the I don't recall that. Even Your Honor. <laughs> Let the record show that I never called anyone Justin Jefferson. That's right. Uh, you, you edit these so that can easily have had never happened. Oh, yeah. 100%. Also, the <laughs> NFC South is by far the worst coaching division in the league. Oh, bet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> One Very of them true. got fired midseason. Two of them got fired overall. And your remaining guys are Dennis Allen and uh, I fucking, what's his face? He used to, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Yeah. By far the worst coach division in the league. Yeah, it's true. Oh, my God. Should that be an offseason thing? We rank divisions by coaches i think it just might be have to be indeed just might be have to be indeed <laughs> really hedging my bets there can't make a decision <laughs> it's like me me going with or on the raven season all over yeah. again <laughs> hey how fucking funny was my bach to bach joke on baski <laughs> i saw that you posted that as a clip so fucking good media, yeah so fucking good <laughs> my dad called me it was like oh, really? he was. We were like talking about stuff, and he goes, "Hey, was that Bach to Bach thing pre-planned?" Nope. <laughs> like pop, I'm pop, out pops. here with a team of writers making up my jokes for a fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Basky people. It's the best thing we do on the website. Hey, Mike. What are your initial Super Bowl thoughts? Line currently sitting, 49ers minus one and a half, over under 47 and a half. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are the 49ers the Cody Rhodes of football and the Chiefs are the Roman Reigns? Yeah, they're just trying to finish the story. Finish the story, brother. Everyone <laughs> thought know, the 49ers should have won that one. Yeah. You know how every time, uh, what's his face? Vince Fuck, I can't. I can't think of names. Justin Jefferson. Jones. John Jones. No, it's not Chandler Jones. It's Kyler Jones. All right, you know how every time Patrick Mahomes takes the field, he goes, ooh-ah. That was <laughs> where I was getting, but it's been ruined now. Um, who were you trying to say? Joe Annoy? No, I don't know who I was trying to say. Who's Jones? I don't know. There's no Jones, I think. <laughs> I think I made him up. I didn't even know who you were trying to talk about. <laughs> was it a wrestler or a football player? Chris Jones. Yeah, the pass rusher. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> you act like there was no Joneses on the Kansas City Chiefs. Every team has a Jones. I thought, yeah, that's the problem. Every team has a Jones. Yeah. I thought you were talking about a wrestler. but couldn't figure out who the fuck Jones was. Yeah, my bad. Ooh, yeah, Chris Jones. Hitting the Ua. Who's the, the uh, Ua. oh man, I was about to ask a question that's super obvious. Mm-hmm. Mike, who's the Paul Heyman? Of the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it Taylor Swift? Andy Reid. Come on. Andy Reid, I know. Look at him. They look they look identical. Yep. You think anyone ever goes up to Paul Heyman on the street and goes, Oh my god, I thought Alfred Hitchcock died years ago. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks. That's a very good one. 
Um, my initial thoughts in the Super Bowl are painful because I don't want to see the Chiefs ever win a football game again, but also I need someone to stop Brock Purdy. <laughs> it's a lose-lose for you. It's a lose-lose. So I guess the best outcome is the Niners win 3 nothing. <laughs> Brock Purdy gets pulled for Sam Darnold after throwing six interceptions and fumbling twice in one quarter of football. Oh my god, can you imagine? It's 3 nothing. They get to the podium for Goodell to like hand out the MVP and he's like, first off, no one wins MVP. And then looks at the camera and his eyes are just bloodshot and like he has tears streaming down his face. We thought Rams-Patriots was bad for viewership. This just totally tanked it. This is gonna... How many... Wh- like, there's gotta be a bet on FanDuel. What is the over-under on shots of Taylor Swift at this game? Oh god, so over-under is, has to be set at like, what, 15? Well, well, there. So these broadcast cameras typically shoot sixty frames per second, and then they interlope them down to thirty for display. Will there be more frames of broadcast cameras for Taylor Swift or Usher? <laughs> so all the frames Usher's getting for the halftime show. Yeah, Usher's getting saying- all the frames for the halftime show, but Taylor Swift's getting the rest of the game. I don't know, Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, the NFL loves it so much. They may just like the game will be going on and they'll be on Taylor Swift. It'll be the Manning cast. There'll be just a little picture and picture on the bottom of the game while the rest of it is Taylor Swift. It's a Swifty cast. <laughs> might might happen. All I know is Jason Kelsey's in the box up there for this game. Swift might want to watch out because I fear he could get like hyped so much. Sometimes he might just throw her out of the box, like not even thinking and oh, just grab her and chuck her. All right, let's. If I if I lay out a situation for you, I wanna I wanna get your reaction to this. Okay. Chiefs win thirty twenty three. Last second touchdown, Travis Kelsey. They go to the post game, and they cut to the side and away from everything. Somehow both looking private and staged. They catch Travis Kelsey on one knee proposing to Taylor oh, Swift. I was just about to say that. And it will make it all worth it if she says no on live television. <laughs> if she was like, you didn't realize this was all just like a publicity stunt for business? I thought we were on the same page, <laughs> yeah, Travis. The episode of 30 Rock where Jenna Maroney's dating uh, James Franco. Um, you, think, you think she's just in this relationship so that she can write another breakup song? Yeah, or I think she should definitely if he proposes Taylor's version. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming from the from the box. <laughs> we are never quarterbacking together. Is that anything? Oh, that that's a good one. <laughs> Wait, what what what's Kelsey's number? Sixty nine. No, Eighty seven. There you go. She'll have a song called eighty seven. She feels like I'm eighty seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dating eighty seven. People would be like, is that about Travis Kelsey? Uh, no, no. It's just about other personal life experiences. <laughs> yeah, 87. Fucking nailed it. Look at me knowing Travis Kelsey. Copying Gronk? Wow. If Travis Kelsey asked you to, would you sit on his face? Yeah, if I tied a, cin- a cinder block to my ass and I could jump <laughs> off a ladder. <laughs> Do you hate him just because he's pretty? Is that what it is? He's not pretty. He's a doofus. Jason he's Kelsey's pretty. prettier than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> They're both pretty. But for different reasons. Jason Kelsey's like Viking pretty. Travis Kelsey's like, I would sit on his face pretty. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about Shorzy. Um, when Frankie, JJ, 
JJ Frankie JJ. And they're like, he's uh, very big in the bear community. I imagine JC Jason Kelsey would be huge in the bear community. Oh, yeah. Especially after that shirtless pick. Oh, yeah. He actually looked like a bear in that picture. He kind of did. <laughs> he was screaming like one. Now I have to make the tough decision. Do I put in the extra 90 minutes of work to create a social breakout clip where I ask you if you would sit on Travis Kelsey's face? <laughs> and <laughs> I threaten to commit, and I say I would commit manslaughter? That's not manslaughter. That's murder, brother. Is that <laughs> worth the extra work that it would take? <laughs> like, those there's, clips take those clips take a while to make. There's no definite... It's not like a for sure he would die, so it could have just it could just be like aggravated assault, attempted murder, attempted murder. Well, they don't know I was attempting to murder. Yeah, you're gonna plead the deal this down. Somehow you're gonna end up with a DUI. Yeah, they can. <laughs> I'll just switch jobs and then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll die. <laughs> it's a callback, Mike, folks. <laughs> Mike Regan, who was recently <laughs> charged with <laughs> attempted murder on Travis Kelsey, is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, his quotes were "na na 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 na." You can't get me. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll we'll obviously get more into this game next week when it's actually on the horizon. We got two weeks to talk about it. Yeah, but like this week, we're gonna do this show where we talk about the games that were, and then the next episode is gonna be a fucking draft episode. Yeah, we're just doing draft, brother. Fuck Maybe yeah. a little bit of Pro Bowl, like degenerate Bet. Pro Bowl betting. You really want to talk about the Pro Bowl? I don't know, man. We got to fill fucking hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half. That's true. And then next week, we'll just do like two Super Bowl shows or something. But, so I don't want to get too far in this. I don't want to like be like, script, how do you see this coming out? What are your predictions? But right now, if I gave you a $1,000 FanDuel free bet, but you could only place it on the spread, what side are you taking? Line's currently sitting 49ers minus one and a half. Actually, I don't know if it's currently sitting there. It was this morning when I was at the gym. I just checked, like, shortly before we started recording. That's what it was. Okay. So, 49ers minus one and a half. What, what, you, you get a $1,000 free bet, but you got to place it on one side. What side are you placing it on right now? The Chiefs plus one and a half, because they're probably winning the game. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I can't wait. Like, we're, we got to do a props episode, right? Oh, I know that's, that's already, like, a bit, and we're not going to get any extra clicks for it, because mm-hmm. it's already a bit. We got to do a props episode. Also, real quick, while we're talking about this, I'm with you, by the way. I'm taking Chiefs plus one and a half. It seems inevitable. They are Thanos. They're literally... They're, it makes sense that they're the bane of my existence, and I constantly make the comp. They're literally the Brady Patriots, where it's like, don't bet against them until they've officially lost. Yeah, and it's... They've become the Brady Patriots in so many ways. Like, they they need to have a scandal to really get there. Like, we need to find out that Andy Reid's been smearing rib grease on the football whenever... <laughs> The Chiefs are on defense, but they become it because just your average fan no longer loves the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, everyone seems to kind of hate the Chiefs now. It's getting to, like, Kevin Durant, Golden State Warriors range. I don't know if we're going to quite tip over into the Belichick-Brady late, like, fifth, sixth Super Bowl era where the entire United States was rooting against them. Mm-hmm. Except for me. I was there for 28-3. to I was rooting for the Patriots the whole way. But we're getting there. We're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. So if you're a Niners fan, you'll want to hear like how I land, you know, kind of like the groundhog checking to see if it more weeks of winter. Cause the one time I was actually kind of pulling for the Patriots was when they played Nick Foles. I was heavily like, this is a fucking joke. Doug Peterson is about to go up against Bill Belichick and they're going to get annihilated. 
and it was me like the the enemy of my enemy i was like i'm i'm like enlisting the patriots to be my assassin to end the nick Foles uh, eagles thing and then they failed me so if i end up taking the same sentiment needing ladarius need and company to ruin brock purdy niners are probably winning the super bowl <laughs> congratulations what was the first super bowl we were friends for um it may i think it, i remember on our very very early podcast that we did called was it three guys and a cat three guys and a cat three guys and a cat um we i remember talking about the Foles brady super bowl <laughs> what a remember, funny way to frame that the Foles brady super bowl yeah so the last thing we'll talk about here and then we gotta we gotta talk some uh some coaching stuff mm-hmm. they have odds out for the 2025 super bowl so next year's super bowl the 2024 2025 super bowl Mike, do you think you can guess the top five and bottom five teams by odds? Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Oh, for the twenty twenty five Super Bowl? Yeah, it'd you be weird top- if they had five. It'd be weird if they had five odds for the twenty twenty four Super Bowl, Mike. <laughs> you want top five first? Yeah, give me top five first. Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. Who is the fourth? It was the fifth team. It's like NWO, WCW. Who's the third man? I'll say. The Lions? Nope. Lions Lions are, are seventh. Oh. That's bad. They've been uh, listening to the Town Alone podcast. Yeah. I'll tell you this. The team you're missing and the sixth team have the same odds. So I'll give you credit if you get either one. Okay. I see the dramatic chipmunk. I'm just trying to buy time. <laughs> it's a podcast. You can buy as much time. I just cut out the silences. <laughs> That's true, but it is the answer is clear as day because it is obviously the fuck. Why can I not think of another football team that was good this year? Dolphins? I don't know. No, Dolphins are uh, ninth. As they should be. I give up. Dallas Cowboys. Fuck, I should have known that. Bonus points, Mike. Redemption time. Who are they tied with? One guess. Uh, the Eagles. Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. I guess, yeah, they're... Healthy Burrow. Lost their OC, though. Yeah, but they still got one of the best coaches in the league there in Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor gets no fucking credit. It is incredible. <laughs> that guy has played in a – like, he has coached a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Gets no credit. He doesn't. It's really funny. Um, all right, bottom five. Bottom five teams. Panthers. Yep. But Panthers? So, I'll tell you this. Second from last, the 31st ranked team is 150 to 1. The Panthers are 250 to 1. <laughs> it is by far the biggest jump. It's almost like just throw a dollar on it. Throw happens. a dollar on it, right? Like a yeah. dollar on the Panthers gets you 250 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say the Patriots. Nope. Yep. Patriots are on there. <laughs> I'll say the commies. Commies commies are the fifth. Commies have the, the shortest odds. Or the, I should okay. say they're tied. They're tied with two teams, but they have the shortest odds. Okay. I'll say the uh, ooh ah. Thanks, Roman Reigns. Ooh ah. Thanks, Al Pacino. Ooh ah. <laughs> uh, I'll go Raiders. Nope. Hmm. Raiders plus seventy five hundred. Giants. Giants are on there. Nice, nice. You're only missing one. Only missing one singular team. 
And that team, my friends, my compatriots, is... You want a hint? Denver Broncos. No. You want a hint? Yeah. Their quarterback has never won Defensive Player of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) It's an AFC team. It's an AFC team? Okay. Um, I already did the East. I think I already... Titans? Yep, Titans. So your bottom five, Commanders... Patriots, Titans, Giants are all tied at 150 to 1. Panthers, 250 to 1. Anything you want to put money on there, Mike? Rams, 30 to 1. Packers, 25 to 1. Texans, 25 to 1. Where are the Bills? Uh, 12 to 1. Put a little money on that. <laughs> put a little money on that. Out of personal biases. You know what's weird? What? There's no coaching Seattle or, or Washington bets. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. It's a great segue, too. It is a great segue. Brings us to our final segment of the show, the segwayment of the show. Mm-hmm. If you will. There's only two coaching openings left. We are running out of musical chairs, Mike, and there's a lot of people left standing. Mm-hmm. Two teams, opposite sides of the country. The Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders are the only Whoa. two openings left. And Seattle is in Washington. <laughs> Whoa, and Washington's in Seattle? <laughs> conspiracy denzel washington upside down plane it all fits it all fits wake up sheeple this is what aaron Rodgers has been talking about (laughs) yeah so washington interviewed mike mcdonald today they're presumably going to interview ben johnson first let me start off with this mike three pretty big names currently uh left holding their cocks yeah. <laughs> Mike Rafel, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll. Yeah. Sitting there cock in hand, flaccid, limp, impotent. So both of the, <laughs> uh you know, if, if Rabel actually won that Super Bowl, you wouldn't have a cock yeah. to hold. <laughs> uh bit of a gamble, but also I think a gamble worth taking to wait for like McDonald and Ben Johnson to wrap up their playoff runs. If it doesn't work out and you somehow don't get like any of the three listed, not great, <laughs> but I think it was definitely a good, a good idea to wait. Um, or else you get stuck with whatever his name is. Who's the Bengals. OC? Zach Robinson. Is that right? Did I fucking pull that out of my ass? <laughs> I think Zach Robinson's a player. I think you're a player. Fucker. Player. Um, what I think would be hilarious is what I'm hoping happens is Seattle gets none of them. And then they have to have the awkward moment of calling Pete Carroll and being like, so we kind of changed our mind. We think he got more left in the tank on the sidelines. What do you say, bud? And then Pete Carroll's like, I'm good. So DraftKings will let you bet on Bill of Belichick's uh, next job. Yeah. Currently, the front runner, the shortest odds, are not the head coach of an NFL team. Mike, what are the odds on that bet? Of the Belichick part of it? Yeah. Belichick to not coach any team next season. Minus 150. Minus 2,000. Yeah, it's not happening. No, it's not happening. Bill Belichick, welcome to the unemployment line. Also, for some reason, the Jets are on here at plus 8,000. Is there I some wonder- news I missed? 
I don't know, but I was going to say, like, if you're a team with a so-so coach who you're kind of like not super invested in and you see Belichick still out there, wouldn't you be a little tempted to make a late, a late stage firing? I've always thought like a small market team, like who's not selling out their stadium. You bring Belichick in the fucking building. I mean, chargers, but they're off the table. Yeah. They got Harbaugh. He's too busy being starstruck by the subway sandwich guy. <laughs> Not the child porn of some sandwich guy. I want to be very clear about Jim Harbaugh's interest in this matter. I was so glad you clarified. People would have been that would have been a that would have been an Aaron Rodgers esque hot take if you were talking about the other dude. Jim Harbaugh loves Jared Fogle. Coming up on first take. Um, I don't even remember what you what you proposed to me. I was oh, asking you said, about the Belichick gods, but before that, we were talking. Yeah. What what in your head? In your head. In your head. Oh man. Oh man. What is the most likely outcome no, for these two coaches you making it to cease? I I drowned you out. What was the question? What is the most likely outcome for these two vacancies? I could see Benjamin Johnson in Washington. Can well, I call him Big Johnson? Call him Big Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, you can call him Big Johnson. BJ, Big Johnson. Yeah. Big Ben Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I could see... I mean, if Carroll has any input, I could see him liking Mike McDonald to cut of his jib early. Yeah, I wonder how much it is that coaches are getting forced out because they want more control over the roster. Like, are Vrabel and Belichick just not accepting jobs because when they walk into the building, they're being told you will not have final say over the roster? I could definitely... With Belichick, I really see that. Yeah, that's got to be the reason with Belichick, right? I can't imagine teams are like, the NFL's passing by. These are 95-fucking-year-old white guys. They're not... Like, these, these guys aren't sitting there going... What we really need is a young analytics in here. Yeah, I, especially after the last couple of years, the moves Belichick made. Not a big guy. Cole Strange. Who's the Who's their receiver who just got arrested for gambling at LSU games? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you How you bring up the Cole Strange pick more than you bring up any other draft pick in NFL history. It's mostly just because of McVay's reaction when he was all like. Probably like half in the bag during that. <laughs> Cole Strange. <laughs> um, how happy would you be as a commies fan if you you got Benjamin Johnson? I have never been more stressed out about it in my life. Yeah, I. It's you know how every year we start the draft process and we go like bef- when every all the NFL people have been caught up on NFL all year and we start the draft process and they go well. This guy's obviously the number one pick, but then we just have three fucking months of downtime. Mm-hmm. And so by like month two and a half, the consensus is actually, this guy's terrible. You shouldn't even draft him. If you see him, you should shoot him in the chest with a crossbow. And then he inevitably gets picked number one overall, anyways. Yeah, it was BYU's Zach Wilson rocketing up draft boards all of a sudden. It was it was <laughs> Bryce Young last year. We started yeah. the we started the offseason going, Bryce Young is the number one draft pick. And then we just steadily, like, over the course of the three months, we're like, actually, Bryce Young's probably the worst quarterback in NFL history. And then he ended up as the number one draft pick. Anyways. 
This it's, is just a uh, pre-draft process. This is not my takes on his play. He is the worst quarterback in the NFL history, <laughs> but that's not the point of what I'm saying here. I was about to say, yes, it is your take on his play. I've heard it. Um, <laughs> yes. It's on record. It was kind of like the Baker year where people weren't sold on Baker being like the top QB but and like the number one overall pick, but everybody was kind of like, well, we got to have a quarterback up there somewhere, right? That's how this works. <laughs> like, I've, I've done that now with Ben Johnson, where week... If you had told me week eight that the commies are getting Ben Johnson, they're going to fire Rivera, they're going to have the number two pick, and they're going to get Ben Johnson, I would be like, ah, there is a God. My -hmm. prayers have been answered. But I've sat on it so long where I'm like, fuck, Drake May is going to be a bust. There's never been a good quarterback out of UNC. There's never been a good basketball player out of UNC. UNC is a dog shit college. LeBron James is the GOAT. Wow. And Ben Johnson, like, I've been like, all right. Great, you can run an offense. Can you run a team? There's no evidence that you can run a team. I haven't seen any of your poise. You're getting to sit behind Dan Campbell, the most inspirational guy in the NFL. This guy's like if DeMar Hamlin had died six times on the field, that's how hype he gets that fucking locker room. (laughs) (laughs) And so you're going to try to bring this guy in? This is the guy that's supposed to inspire a team to play football well? So I have, like, week, if you had told me the outcome in week 8 to 12, I would have been over the moon. But I've just been sitting on it too long. I've been sitting on it so long, yeah. and I'm like, oh, great. We're going to be back to square one in two years. We're going to have the number three pick in the draft where there's only two good quarterbacks. Ben Johnson will be fired, and we'll be sitting there with Josh Harris, who's snorting cocaine off strippers in the box. I believe Sir Mitch Trubisky has something to say about your UNC never having a good NFL QB. All right. Um. <laughs> Mr. Trubisky was third on a death chart with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> He had, like, that one 10-win season in Chicago. In Chicago, anyone can win 10 games. Just not Justin Fields and Matt. <laughs> <Just Brothers. not. laughs> yeah, it's very easy to overthink things at this point and thinking it's all just going to turn out like shit. We're conditioned that way as sports fans, especially if you're a sports fan of a team that has gone through very dark days and seen your fair share of busts and things not work out. You're, it's your go-to, like default setting to be like yeah this is gonna blow up in our face are you familiar with the term down bad <laughs> yes do you know what it actually means because i've i've run into a lot of people <laughs> in our age range who do not know what down bad means down bad means when you're like you know like you're like super horny and you're like really trying to get a girl to sleep with or thank a you. person to sleep with thank you for the correct definition because there are so yeah. many people in our age range that think down bad means things have just gone wrong down bad means that you are fucking full of cum and you have no outlet for it. Yeah. You see a dude like really chasing after a girl in a club and you're like, my man's down bad. Yeah. You see, you see a guy come home from a date at 11 o'clock instead of 4 a.m. Mm. He's down bad. Down bad. I am sports down bad <laughs> where I am so ready. I'm so fucking horned up <laughs> to be excited about my football team for the first time. And I swear to God, 10 years. And it's just not happening. It's just not, it's just going to keep not happening. I'm going, I'm constantly going on dates and come back home at 10 o'clock with like a lipstick stain on my cheek. (laughs) So I'm sports down bad so bad. So kind of like your tagline going into this off season is Washington, please pull it off because I need to bust a nut. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Now let me ask you this, Mike. Is this segment worth breaking out and spending the hour and a half on turning into a social clip? Uh, I think so. 
All right, great. You edit in that or? You got it. What do you, do you ever sit there and you're like playing your fucking Final Fantasy or jerking off in the shower? Every day. I know what you're going to say. Mo- every day. And the thought comes to you where you're like, I bet Adam right now is working on a social clip for the website. Literally every day if I don't get something done, which has been a lot of days recently, I'm like, wow, I'm a piece of shit. Adam works on this website constantly and I'm struggling to get through an article and I'm going to wait to like, usually what I end up, never mind. No, I'm like saying people who have adhd get it it's called like the the stress induced motivation kids like me who got every project or paper written like the night before it was due i did that too what if i told you adhd was made up though that's stupid it's all fake it's not real (laughs) it's all stardust (laughs) it doesn't exist it will return Anyway, so who's Seattle going to hire, huh? Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn. I hope not. They, so here, here's the thing, right? It's game theory. If Seattle and Washington were going to hire someone who wasn't in the Final Four, they already would have done it. Yeah. So what they're doing now, like it's obvious. Those teams are going to hire some combination of Aaron Glenn, Mike McDonald, Ben Taylor. I guess that's the end of the list. I don't want to – Johnson. Did I call him Ben Taylor again? Yes. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and uh, I was going to say Todd Munkin, but I don't think they're going to, anyone's hiring him. So those three guys, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Seattle and Washington are each going to hire one of those. Who's who's left holding the bag? Who's going back to their team? You said Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, and did you drop a fourth? I said, I initially said Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator for, um, the Ravens, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm removing his name because I haven't heard any talk about him getting interviews. Yeah, and his final audition this season for King yeah. Echo Jinko great yesterday. Kind of like why Dan Quinn's going to be back in Dallas next year. Yeah, I think Aaron Glenn would be the one who gets left. I also think that, but I low-key kind of hope that Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson get hired out. Aaron Glenn to Seattle, Ben Johnson to Washington. Mm-hmm. And because I've, it's kind of like my Vancouver thing on Baskey. All of my priors now are tied up in Detroit's going to fall to shit next year. So I kind of need it to happen now. Yeah, Is Eric Bieniemy still work for your team? Yeah, he's still there. He got he got an interview as head coach. You think if Ben Johnson gets hired, Bieniemy's going to go into a meeting to talk to him about the offense, and Ben Johnson's going to be like, "I'm good. I got it." <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy is just gonna draw lines going like he's gonna draw like the offensive line in the quarterback, three receivers, one tight end, one running back, and then just draw lines of motion all over the place. And Ben Johnson's uh-huh. gonna go, "What's all this motion for?" And Eric Bieniemy is gonna be like, "They're moving. Look at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Look at them move. Pre-snap motion. It's gorgeous." <laughs> huh. All right. Well, uh, you're fired. How I'm the offensive. As Biennemi gets passed over for head coaching positions, like how many times during the day do you think he screams, I won fucking Super Bowls? You think, yeah, you think he's just like smashing shit at his house? Yeah, his wife's just like, hey, calm down, your blood pressure. It's like the caveman commercials they've been running. They turned Eric me into a punchline. Eric Biennemi's like, like, oh, look, here's my head coaching interview. And then yeah. it's just like them being like, yeah, glad to have you in here. Have you heard of the Rooney rule? And he just like storms out, and his wife sits there with her hands in his oh. her head. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up, but not, not inaccurate, unfortunately, for the way yeah. a lot of teams approach that role. 
Do you know how many job interviews, like, black candidates that are never going to get hired get? And that's, the, that's like, part of the idea. They're, like, the Rooney Rule is initially like, oh, this way these black candidates can get a lot of interview experience. But what it's really turned into is everyone's like, what if we just interview Leslie Frazier? Yeah, who was the... Was it the Dolphins that the one guy sued because he went in for his interview, but it was already like, remember Bill Bill Belichick sent a tweet yeah, to someone. They he Bill Belichick accidentally texted him or something. Yeah, there was yeah. um uh fucking what's his? I can picture his 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 head. Brian Flores. Yeah, Flores. Yeah. He had the whole thing because there was that, and then there was also that the coach offered to pay him a bunch, or the the owner offered to pay him a bunch of extra money if he lost intentionally. Mm-hmm. And yet still. These commissioners are all out of here trying to be like, tanking doesn't exist in our sport, okay? Yeah, that billionaire holding the bag back there sure thinks it does. Yeah. Goodell. You see Adam Silver just got an extension? I did. You think he drinks blood? We get it. You think he's a vampire? <laughs> Watch El Conde, now on Netflix. Um <laughs> All right, you got you got any more coaching thoughts here, Mike? Yeah, Ken Dorsey got a job. Yeah, Ken Dorsey got a job with the Browns, uh, which means the Browns' offense will be better. And I now hate Ken Dorsey, I guess. Yeah. Um, Kellen Moore got a job mm-hmm. with the Eagles. Are we? I'm I'm a big Kellen Moore defender. Are we sure Kellen Moore is good? Are we sure this about that? Year, this year did not was not a good uh, example. If, if not a good uh, case study if you're trying to prove that right. One and done on the Chargers. I mean, once again, he's kind of got Ken Dorsey syndrome. The offense was not the problem in L.A. Mm-hmm. The problem was the Stanley of it all. Right. That guy couldn't manage the clock. His defense was fucking terrible. I guess that's kind of the end of the list, but those are two very important things for a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah, one... Those other prerequisites led to Kellen Moore having a, a rough year as OC, so he got tanked. It also didn't help that McCarthy did a very good job with the Cowboys offense. Yeah, that's like Dak Prescott was a borderline MVP candidate. Not even borderline. He's he's in the top five. Dak Prescott yeah. was an MVP candidate. So, uh, does kind of seem like maybe Kellen Moore's a little overrated, guys. But not to pick on him again, but Biennemi constantly got hurt by, well, yeah, Andy Reid was the head coach. One of the greatest offensive minds we've seen in the last, like, decade or so. And then he leaves, and they still win a Super Bowl. Yeah, like how we're just, <laughs> we're just like, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. That's crazy. Yeah. You see uh, Brandon Staley is interviewing for the defensive coordinator job with the Rams again. I saw that. Imagine that. Like, Imagine if you were, like, a developer at Google and you got hired to run your own company. And that went so bad that you just went back to being a developer at Google. Feels like a, I don't know, like a pity move by McVeigh. Like, come on back, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's like um, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph's story is like, dude, come on. You can't do that. He was yeah. the head coach of the Denver Broncos. He gets fired from being the head coach of the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. and comes back to the Denver Broncos as a defensive coordinator. Come on, dude. Yeah. What are we doing? Really? You walk into the same fucking locker room? What? Yeah. What? In this economy? You're walking into the same locker room and going, 
I'm the defensive coordinator. I know I was your coach last week, but now I simply am the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Come on. What are we doing here? That's all I had this week, Mike. I, you have anything else? You have uh, any, any notes you want to get to? Any draft thoughts? You want to throw out like a quick, who's going to be the 17th pick in the draft? How about that? <laughs> uh, who's, who's, who is the 17th pick? Hold on. I got gotcha. you. 17th pick currently held by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Ooh, currently have eight JC Latham on their big board of seventeen. Yeah. That would make sense for them too. I, I'm struggling to remember how their line did this year. I felt like it was kind of middle of the pack, right? I mean they couldn't they couldn't uh, run yeah, the ball for shit. So wasn't well, obviously wasn't spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um mock draft has him has them taking for some reason the Rams taking Kool Aid McKinstry at seventeen. Anyways. I, don't know, I guess Jacksonville could do that dumb thing where you draft a, a running back despite having a bad offensive line. <laughs> and they're like, well, this will fix the problem. All right, Mike, you got any final thoughts? Anything you want to get off your chest? No, I think we covered everything. All right. You got plugs? Follow me at Town Alone Mike. That's about it this week. <laughs> you just fully punting on on Saturday? No, I just don't want to make any more promises. On Saturday coming at some point. Mm-hmm. Follow me at Town Alone Adam. We will have, we're in the final two weeks of our bi-weekly Town Alone podcast, which means I can start churning out some video content after that. Follow me at Town Alone Adam. Come back here on Thursday for us to do a fucking mega draft episode. Mike, what are you thinking? What what topics we talked about on Thursday? Kickers, best kickers in the draft. Best kickers in the draft. Come back on Thursday for us to rank (laughs) all the kickers. Shout out Will Reichert. Read the League Pass Watchability Power Rankings. Those are coming out tomorrow. I'm looking at historic comps for the league this year. So what my main focus is, is how winnable is the championship this year compared to previous years. Gotcha. You can also follow me on threads at Town Alone Adam. I've been posting on there more. You can check out our Saturday podcast, Baski. Been a... kind of thinking what else I I, kind of want to write coming up here i'm not a i'm not a big feature writer i'm not a big mm-hmm. long length writer but i've been thinking about some other stuff so i think i might do a uh commander's number two overall pick historical look okay might go back to every time they've had the number two overall pick power rank them something like that kind of what i've been feeling i like it yeah I'm trying to think uh i know we we gotta talk some some nhl all-star game on basky this week mm-hmm Trying to think what we're gonna do for for basketball. Might uh, might see if we can get Brendan back on. Talk about the Warriors triple overtime game against LeBron. Might be too late. Anyways, yeah. But outside of that, be sure to check out townalone.com. All of our content ends up going up on there. Anyways, we are currently working on some design aspects of the site to make it a little bit Ooh. more accessible and usable. I'm working with uh, with a couple of my buddies on that. And outside of that, Mike, got a shout out this week. Ben Big Balls Taylor. <laughs>